Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Kelly is the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency in Phoenix, Arizona, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. She has a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. She was adopted when she was three days old. She was born to a teen birth mother raised in a closed adoption and reunited with her birth mother in 2007. Our goal with the Birth Mother Matters and Adoption podcast is to spread awareness and education about the beautiful choice that is adoption. Today we're going to talk about common birth mother concerns. When women are considering adoption, maybe they just found out that they're pregnant. Maybe maybe it's you who's listening, who just found out that you are pregnant. You just took a pregnancy test and the positive symbol came up. Or now they have the fancier ones where it actually says positive spelled out, which is, um, that they is didn't fancy. have that back in the olden yeah. days. <laughs> <laughs> so when you find yourself in this predicament, and you are faced with an unplanned pregnancy. Adoption is a very viable option that you have. And when you are presented with this option, a lot of things may go through your head. The concern of, you know, what am I going to do? And then if you think adoption, then you think, okay, well, I may have some concerns about adoption. So today's focus is really focusing on those concerns that you may have when you are considering adoption as an unplanned pregnancy choice. One thing about adoption that I think really sets this option above what you might initially estimate it as is the control that you have within the adoption choice. When you choose adoption, you choose the adoptive family that encompasses what type of an adoptive family you would like where you would like the adoptive family to reside. So you can choose a family in Arizona or in another state. You get to choose if you want a two-parent family, a one-parent family, the type of two-parent family. If you would like to have an adoptive mother who stays at home or an adoptive mother that works, most women say that they want a good, stable family who will love their baby unconditionally. I would say that's the most common statement that we get when we do ask a woman who's working with us and creating an adoption plan, what type of family they would like. You also get to choose the level of communication. So there's open, semi-open, and closed. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about these three different options within what type of adoption you want in many of our podcasts. But just to go over it briefly... A closed adoption is where you sometimes don't even choose the family. Sometimes you do. It's up to you. Um, And you have no contact with the family before or after the adoption. Semi-open adoption is where you have some contact and it's limited. Sometimes you just have contact with the family until the baby's born. And then once the baby has been born and placed for adoption, then you cease contact. Or maybe you just do letters and pictures or maybe you have a more limited scope on your communication than that. An open adoption is where there are, again, various levels of communication between you and the adoptive family. And you, as the birth family, so the birth mom and and hopefully the birth father, can together make the choice as to what type of adoption you feel is most appropriate and best suited for you. 
we do as an agency recommend open adoptions or at least semi-open adoptions. We have found that long-term it is better for all members of the triad. So the birth parents, the adoptive parents, and the adoptee. Going back to the different communication levels, what would lead a birth mother to choose, for instance, a closed adoption or even semi-open adoption as opposed to, I mean, what are the kind of things that go into that thought process? That's a really good question. Okay, so in a closed adoption, we normally see that for women who have maybe been raped and the pregnancy is a result of that, maybe their family is strongly against an adoption choice and they don't want their family members to give them a hard time or try to dissuade them in their adoption choice as they are getting further in their pregnancy. Someone who does not, I have seen it where someone who is in an abusive relationship and the she, she does not want the birth father having any possibility of being able to have any contact with the child even after his rights have been terminated. So she wants to keep it as private and closed as possible. It's definitely more common with crisis pregnancies than with just unplanned pregnancies. Also, going back to the uh, closed adoption situations, that's relatively small number of adoptions, is it not? Very. I would say way less than 5%. And there are many agencies that won't even do that. Hmm. Um, We as an agency do do closed adoptions because we feel it's in the birth mother's best interest to be able to choose and thereby empower her choice. And it's also, it could be, you know, depending on the situation and the things we've talked about, it could be in the child's best interest and the adopting family. So, you know, every situation is different, but it makes sense that you would at least offer that and make it available Of course, you explain all this to the birth mothers as they come in and say, okay, these are the different kinds. It's not like you're just going to say, okay, let's shut the door and (laughs) you'll never have contact again. Definitely. And there's one situation that does come to mind. We had a birth mother who was very involved with the birth father. So the birth mother and birth father are very much together. And the birth father is a registered sex offender against minors. So he could not clearly be a part of the adoption. There were some orders through the court on his part that he was not allowed to be around children whatsoever and so forth. And so in that situation, she chose to close adoption because she wanted to remain in the relationship with the the birth father. With regards to open and semi-open adoption, women who were pregnant and making their adoption plan really find that open or semi-open offer the advantage of they still get to watch their child grow up. They still get to see all of their milestones, you know, through pictures and letters. And sometimes they have Skype phone calls or even visits. And so this is a real plus for women who really want to close the chapter on the pregnancy and the adoption will often lean towards semi-open or closed because they, they really want to just put this behind them One thing that that I have always recommended to women who are kind of on the fence and don't have a clear-cut reason for wanting a closed adoption is semi-open. You can just have letters and pictures only, 
and you don't even have to access them. So the adoptive family continues to follow the commitment of, let's say, three times a year, submitting letters and pictures, and they can remain in the file and they can just build up. And then if and when the birth mother is ready, she can go and access those and just kind of, you know, it's almost at that point like a book because you've got letters and pictures from years and years. But it gives you that opportunity. If you choose close, then you don't have that opportunity. So you guys work with Child Connect, right? Yes. Okay. How long has Child Connect been around? Ah, let's see, at least since 2017. Okay. I I just wonder this because, you know, you see websites and things go come and go. And, you know, not a lot of people are still on MySpace, for instance. (laughs) And (laughs) so I just would be curious as to the long term, you know, I guess you don't know yet. But uh, and I'm sure that something would be provided if that was right, absolutely. I mean, if if there was a situation and you were, you know, an, involved with a program like Child Connect and they were no longer in existence, and yeah, so there would be definitely a a way to continue getting those. I don't want any, you know, any uh, expectant mothers out there worrying that they would not be able to continue their uh, post adoption communication, and that is not an issue. You know, back in the olden days, we used to have families, adoptive families would mail in letters and pictures Mm -hmm. rather than using an online portal. And what's so interesting about that is we still have families that still mail in letters and pictures and it's a lost um, art. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's, it is. It's um, at this point considered almost archaic, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's not the manner in which it's done anymore, but still, I mean, we could always go back to that. So it, there will always be a way that women can continue, regardless of whatever platform is being used. So don't worry, everybody. If the Internet explodes and, and goes away tomorrow, you'll still be able to contact your child. And Right. right. Wasn't there a politician that said, um, I gave you the Internet and I can take it back? <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, you know, sometimes with open adoptions, Adoptive parents almost become extended family with birth parents. And that doesn't happen every time. And it really depends on how much effort and work that both parties put into developing the relationship. The one thing that we need to make really clear, if you're out there and you're pregnant, you're considering adoption, is this isn't co-parenting. This isn't where you place your baby for adoption and you are co-parenting where you have weekend visitation or you are called up and and you know want to be consulted on medical decisions or things like that. That this is not a co-parenting situation. This is an adoption. So that needs to be put out there. However, that being said, we have some open adoptions where the birth parents and the adoptive families are very close and you know they do spend a lot of time together and they have developed this amazing ideal relationship for parties who want that type of closeness with the adoptive family one other concern that is is really prominent is the fear of judgment and we've talked about this also as well in many podcasts a lot of women who are considering adoption have the fear that everybody is going to judge them, their family, their friends, people walking down the street. They're afraid that they're going to ask questions about their pregnancy and they will be faced with the dilemma of, 
Do I disclose I'm placing the baby for adoption? Do I kind of keep that to myself? That's all within your own comfort zone. That's not something that you have to follow protocol. Do you owe anybody an explanation? No. This is a private decision that is made by you and sometimes the birth father. If, if you two are together and he's a part of the adoption plan, this is not something that you need to explain, justify, rationalize, defend to anybody else. Um, we do work with an adoption counselor and she can help you with this and even help talk to family members with you if need be. Conversely, I think it's kind of awesome if you go out there and shout it to the world and say, I'm, you know, placing my child for adoption for the benefit of me, the child and another family. Hey, that's great, too. So however you have to handle it and whatever's best for you is actually not a bad idea here. Right. And I, I think that as we grow as a society, as the adoption community expands, I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that. I think perceptions that we fear of, of, of the myths and so forth that we've heard for years are just not true. You know, one of the oldest myths and biggest concerns of adoptive parents was, well, is a birth mother going to climb through my window in the middle of the night and steal the baby? And no, that, that doesn't happen. I mean, in the course of history, has it ever happened? Probably. Maybe once or twice, maybe. But that being the case, I think once we we grow and we promote adoption awareness and we start normalizing adoption, which again is one of the top goals of this podcast, I think we're definitely going to start seeing women who are empowered and are not only projecting their choice on the world, which I think is amazing, but I want them to stand proud and I want and I want them to feel the love and the support of society for making an amazing choice. So going back to concerns that birth parents have, these concerns can be easily dispelled by an adoption agency. So if you're pregnant, you're thinking, okay, well, I'm worried about X or I'm worried about Y. Just sometimes meeting with an adoption agency, even if it's not the one you ultimately choose to work with, or maybe even choose not to proceed with an adoption plan, you will receive answers to some of those concerns that you have. And again, education is key because the more educated you are in something, the better choice that you can make for yourself. One other concern regarding open versus closed adoptions is when birth parents are worried, are they really going to send me letters and pictures? Are they really going to follow through on this? And these can be, these post-adoption communication agreements can be court enforceable. It obviously depends on the state statutes and so forth. However, even if they're not court enforceable, the agency you work with, you can go back to them and say, hey, you know what? I really want to understand why they discontinued letters and pictures and what's going on. You can absolutely go back to the agency and have the agency try to reach out. I know we have tried to definitely mediate between adoptive families and birth parents on the very few occasions where there's ever been an issue. Normally, I have seen issues where birth parents are intoxicated, are mind altered, so they're using some kind of substances, and maybe they were inappropriate during a visit or so forth, and the adoptive parents didn't feel comfortable moving forward because of the behavior that was exhibited at like a visit or something like that. But it's usually extreme situations. 
you do have every right to spend time with the baby at the hospital. This is another concern that birth parents have. Well, when I'm in the hospital, as soon as the baby's born, are they going to hand the baby to the adoptive family and I don't get to spend time or see the baby? No, not true. You get to make a hospital plan. And in that hospital plan, you get to state everything, how you want this to go. This is your show. You are the star of this adoption. So if you want the baby first handed to you, that can happen. If you want to spend a lot of time in the hospital with the baby, you can do that as well. However, that will be hard. I usually recommend to women that are having a hard time emotionally with their adoption choice to spend frequent short periods of time with their baby, because the longer you spend with the baby, the harder it's going to be for both of you. And that way you can still get your time in if you do it for frequent short bits. The birth mother does have the right to name the baby. This name will appear on the original birth certificate. The concern is, is will that name stick even after the adoption? When the adoption is finalized, the adoptive family is able to change the name. It will still remain on the original birth certificate, but a new birth certificate is issued with the adoptive parents on it and the name can be changed. What I think is amazing is when birth parents and adoptive parents choose a name together. That's my favorite. And I can tell you that sometimes the adoptive family will take the birth mother's uh, name and make it the child's middle name, or they will, you know, let the uh, birth parents choose the middle name and they choose a first name or vice versa. So there's a lot of ways to go about this. You as a birth parent get to dictate everything from what type of adoption you want. You get to choose the adoptive family. You get to choose how much contact before the baby, how, how much time, effort, energy, communication you want to put into developing a relationship with the adoptive family. You get to choose what your hospital visit looks like from the time you walk into the hospital till the time you walk out. Some women want to be discharged if possible, the same time as the baby, while other ones want the baby to be discharged before them. And again, depending on the health of both of you is whether or not those can be accommodated, but the hospitals work really hard. Another concern that birth mothers have is the emotions and feelings that they're going to have once they choose an adoptive family, once they deliver the baby, once they sign the final adoption paperwork. And again, we try to, as an agency, prepare you as best as possible. That's why we encourage you to see the adoption counselor. There's no fee to you with our agency. And the more prepared you are for something, I'm not going to say it makes it easier, but you know what to expect. I think where people have a really tough time is when there are surprises or bumps in the road. That's not to say that you're not still going to struggle. It's really normal to have a hard time saying goodbye to the baby. And it's not even really goodbye if you have an open adoption. It's see you later. It's, you know, we're going to keep in touch, um, which again is why many women do circling back, uh, choose open adoption. So some common feelings that women who have an adoption plan and proceed and, and go through the adoption journey is that they're concerned about and experience feelings of loss. Those are very, very normal feelings. Again, this is where we recommend counseling. This is where 
sometimes it might really help to speak with another woman who's placed a baby for adoption so that you can understand and feel a sense of community. Shame or guilt that you are not in a place in your life that you are able to parent. Maybe you're in a situation where, you know, you never wanted to be, you never dreamed of having to make a choice like this, but maybe you're not able to provide for your child. Maybe you have open department of child safety cases open open on you or CPS in some states. Maybe, you know, you want to choose adoption because you want to be able to pick the family rather than the child going into a foster care or crisis nursery situation. Will you experience grief? Probably. That's a very common emotion and feeling that you're going, you're going to grieve. That is part of the process. This is not an easy decision. However, it is a beautiful decision. And I would venture to say that most women who choose adoption are very happy with their choice at the end of the day, after the adoption has been completed, even years from then on, they can look back and and see that that was the best choice for all members of the triad. There is some, you know, as you're going through in your head, the choices that you have when you're facing an unplanned pregnancy. One thing to remember is, is this is within your control. You know, adoption is something that you can do. You can gain so much from an adoption experience. You can gain the relationship with the adoptive family. You can still make memories with your biological child. You can watch them grow up. Um, If you have other children and the adoptive family is open, there can be relationships between the siblings. There are so many options and opportunities within adoption that it's important to remember that adoption is a beautiful thing. And as we as a society continue to spread adoption awareness, it's going to become more and more common and more and more normalized, thereby more and more accepted. And so it's it's not going to feel like it's a decision you have to defend because when you're making a choice for you and your child, That is a choice that should be only influenced by you. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can reach us on our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and tell your friends about us. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.